This is Hot Tech with Jan Vermeulen. It's just gone 12 minutes to 6. If you've just joined us, welcome to the Afternoon Overdrive here on the 101.9 Chi FM Afternoon Overdrive. I'm Michael McKenna. Joining me in studio is Jared. He's an intern. We've got Lev also. Glad to have you guys on board. Craig at the controls, making sure that we can chat to everybody clearly. And Sina, she's, well, she's hiding now, but I know she's giving Lev problems, isn't it? Lev, you'll own up afterwards. I'll question you on that. Okay, enough of that for now. Joining us now on the line is Jan Vermeulen, the editor of my broadband. Jan, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, so quite a few uh, topics, uh, items we want to unpack this afternoon. Let's start with what South Africa can do with its e-toll gantries, including making, what, 14.9 million rand per day (laughs) from speeding fines? Yep. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that was just an incredible statistic. Um, essentially the, it's, it's part of it, it's part of a request for information that mm-hmm. Sanral put out. Right. Um, where, where they are, that, where they are seeing that, um, it, with the ETOL gantries right now, they are seeing 15,000, um, average speed over distance infringements per day. And so okay. if you multiply that out by an average, um, fine right. of uh, a, a thousand, you know, rand per fine, roughly. Yes. Um, then, then that's the figure that you get to is about fifteen million a day, um, <laughs> which is just a huge amount of revenue per month and per year if you work. Why didn't they think of that before? They, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Why didn't they think of this before? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like that would have paid off the e-tolls alone. <laughs> Well, it would have paid off a lot of other things besides the e-tolls. I mean, that's one yeah, way of yeah. bringing in the yeah, the well, bringing in the income to upkeep the roads, the yeah, highways, and yeah. what have you. But c'est la vie. There we have it. But, yeah, but obviously the, you, they'll get those fifteen thousand <laughs> fines one in one day, and then mm-hmm. everybody will start receiving their fines, and they'll start slowing down on the freeway. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's the hope, right? Well, but yeah, it's uh, it was a, it was a it was just a, a gobsmacking uh, statistic. And, Indeed, uh, wow. and certainly illustrates what um, might be possible with the e-toll gantries, um, you know, considering that they're not going to be used for e-tolls now. Um, but uh, we did also receive comments from experts saying that it's not as simple as just flicking a switch to yeah. make uh, to, to start uh, enforcing average speed over distance. Um, th- those cameras are not necessarily rated for that and, and all that stuff. So it's not just a, a case of turning it on and then you start sure. uh, finding people, mm-hmm. you have to put compliant equipment on those gantries. So right. it might not be that easy, mm-hmm. but, you know, um, we, I guess we'll find out because the Sanral has put out a request for information on this and uh, and people are, were invited to kind of um, essentially bid um, mm-hmm. on what they might do with the eToll system, uh, considering that it's not going to be used for eTolls. Tell us more about uh, Goodbye Escom, MTN going off the grid at most towers. What's going on here? This was a, a very interesting announcement from MTN last week, mm-hmm. uh, where the, their, their big thing was um, that they were um, pumping 1.5 billion extra rands into their network purely in, uh, in, in backup power. So that's batteries and generators. Right. And, uh, and sort of midway through this announcement, they said, yeah, the ultimate goal is to go, is to be completely off grid mm-hmm. and completely independent of ESCOM. And so, yeah, MTN has essentially embarked on a project to take its towers in South Africa off grid. It has um, asked for permission to bring in um, African experts, um, experts from around the continent who uh, who have experience in dealing uh, with, you know, in countries 
where they struggle, where they struggle with uh, stable electricity supply, you right. know, um, elsewhere, you know, uh, countries where uh, MTN also operates. Um, and so, uh, yeah, MTN's em- embarked on this uh, uh, pretty substantial project to take its entire, entire tower network off the ESCOM grid. Um, and, uh, and hopefully, um, you know, uh, as, as that happens, We'll start seeing a more stable um, mobile network performance. Sorry, Jan, uh, if I can from them and then ultimately Vodacom. Right, Jan. Sorry, if I can come in there. These are African experts. Exactly what uh, alternative? What uh, yeah? What source are they are they proposing or providing? Um, uh, uh, just a source um, in 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 what sense do you mean? Power, power. Because they want to go after uh, uh, they want yes, to go after so the ESCOM grid. So what power source yeah, are they yeah. are they looking it, at it, now? It's, it's, it's going to be it's going to be solar batteries, um, diesel okay. generators. So um, uh, how exactly they they do things um, elsewhere on the continent, I, I would imagine depend. It like varies from country to country. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, yeah, but but that, those are the kinds of or oh, that's the kind of expertise and right. and um, and sort of day to day just working knowledge that we we uh, that MTN says we we just don't have in South Africa mm-hmm. we're so used to having grid power right. that it's it's just not an intuition mm-hmm. that our engineers locally have necessarily built up around sure. how you ensure a stable electricity supply supply because now let's say you build solar mm-hmm. um, but you also need to make sure your towers work at night so now what um, and obviously in South Africa we have a fairly good wind resource mm-hmm. um, but the wind is not is not uniform and it's well, not, uh, you thing, know yeah. it, it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's not it's not necessarily it's available at night and it's available more at night than it is in the day. Um, but uh, there, South African experts, weather experts, meteorologists will once again have to come in because the turbines can only turn during certain wind speeds. Like the wind can't be too slow. It can't be too fast. Sure. Um, and so all these things have to be factored in mm-hmm. before you have a viable alternative off-grid uh, power solution. Indeed, Jan. Well, wishing them all the best. Let's see what comes out of this, and maybe there's some technology which can lend itself then to other power sources, which uh, the broader public could enjoy then besides uh, them going off the grid. Burian, tell us more Absolutely. about to you what it costs now to host a small business website in South Africa. Yeah, this is an interesting comparison to see, you know, basically how cheaply you could do it as a South African company um, with uh, with South Af- with other South African companies, right? So without going to necessarily an international provider. So your site is hosted in the country with a South African business, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, we found we found uh, people who offer uh, services, including website builders. So in other words, you get like a drag and drop. Website building tool, right? Um, for for incredibly cheap. I'm talking under ten rand a month if you don't need a database. And the second you need um, some kind of database for your website, a MySQL database, you can get it from um, under twenty five rand a month. And it all depends on you know what services you need on top of that. Do you need email accounts? How many databases do you need? Okay. How many web domains do you want to be able to connect and so on? But yeah, it's something that is actually quite affordable. Um, and uh, We've got a, a small comparison uh, on the site to just give, give people an idea of, uh, of what the starting price ranges are at, um, I think it's five different providers that we looked at. But okay. there's hordes. There's, there's probably a hundred different 
uh, web hosting resellers in the country that people can look at, um, each of which have their own unique uh, way of structuring products. So there's definitely something out there uh, for any small business that's wow. looking to to put together an online presence, which in this sure. day and age we know is essential. Well, essential and good news too, considering the cost of living. Earlier on, I had a chat with a guest about debts and people, you know, accumulating more costs. And certainly, we need some good news as to how to economise here and there with whatever we're doing in our daily lives. Very quickly, uh, Jan, just uh, and just try and fit in one more topic for this afternoon. Australia becoming the seventh country to ban TikTok on government devices. Tell us more about this. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Mm. Um, uh, you know, uh, 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 Australia is one of the Five Eyes nations. It's, uh, you know, uh, essentially an intelligence ally of the United States of Britain. Right. Um, and uh, the United States, uh, you know, is, is famously uh, quite against TikTok. And, um, and uh, we've seen countries banning government um, officials ha- having TikTok on their, on their devices. And the concern there is that the data is uh, from TikTok, uh, whatever usage data, personal information that's collected, profiling that's done in the app, like any social network does, sure. is uh, being um, passed on to the Chinese government and the Chinese Communist Party in particular, mm-hmm. and uh, and so uh, that's what that's what this is. Uh, or that's on on paper. Um, what this is about. This is what the Western governments are saying overtly. Um, their concern is with TikTok, but uh, there's a potentially a different angle here, and that's mm. that this might be economic, uh, yes. or at least um, just somewhat economically influenced. And to put things bluntly, China has banned Western companies and, and Western social networks from operating in its borders, so mm. why mm. should it be allowed unfettered access to Western audiences? Um, you know, yeah. uh, Twitter mm. and Facebook and, and YouTube, uh, Google, uh, do not have access to the Chinese market. So why should China be continue to be allowed unfettered access to Western markets uh, when there's no quid pro quo? Um, and so, yeah, the, 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 the trade wars, the economic wars between the West and the East continue. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I must say, I much prefer economic wars mm-hmm. to physical ones. Indeed. Uh, I'm sure many, many people will say yeah, yeah to that, Jan. Jan, we're going to have to leave it there. We've just about run out of time. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, whatever you're celebrating. Happy Easter, uh, whatever you're celebrating. And to you. And uh, yes, yes. Uh, have a peaceful holiday period. Jan Fimulin, editor for My Broadband, giving us the lowdown. And what's happening in the techno world, which we have to contend with every day.